Yeah, I can hear you. <clears throat> awesome. I can hear you as well. Uh, okay. I've, I've got everything set up here. And also Sarah's, I think Sarah's going to come in here too. I was okay, thinking, I was thinking it might be cool to have like, maybe in the future, other people come in here as well. Yeah, that'd be fine. You know, just like the other people from the group. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Yeah. I'm drinking a margarita right now. Oh, Donnie's in Margaritaville. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. What is it? Something about a shaker of salt. (laughs) A shaker of salt. Oh, man. Some people... Okay, here we go. Um, So... I did watch a lot, uh, quite a bit of Hell Year recently. Oh yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, I guess I'll intro the show. I got a whole bunch of flashcards. I've been using index cards for a lot of stuff. So, okay. So I got that here. Um, so you're having a party right now, is that right? Uh, not like there's just like some friends over. One of them's playing with my cat right now with a laser pointer. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, my my our cat doesn't care about a laser pointer. Really? Yeah. He he's oh, a really sad. really good cat. Yeah. But he just watches your hand. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't really watch the laser. I think our he cat loves our cat loves laser pointers. You're really lucky. You're really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> she even knows where they come from, and she just doesn't care. No, it's it's the um the uh, the willful belief. <laughs> the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> the thrill of the hunt. That's right. <laughs> Cat's like, I know I'm playing a video game, but I still like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, you are watching the OPCO, the OPCO Paranormal Podcast, presented by the Possum Paranormal Coalition of the Ozarks and also Ohio. I'm Donnie, and I'm here with Seth Daughtry, founding member of Possum Paranormal. Tonight, we're coming to you from the OPCO Discord server, where you can join the members in adding case files and researching paranormal phenomena from around the globe. Uh, The link to join is on the screen and probably in the comments, too. Uh, that's the Opco Discord server. Join in on the weirdness. <clears throat> so, Seth, when you brought up the idea for today's episode, I, I kind of got excited because it's something that I don't actually have a lot of experience researching. I've had some situations sort of related, but uh, I might talk about those later. But as far as hard, fast research, uh, out-of-body experiences aren't really the the sort of thing that I've I've, I've studied a whole lot. Could you? Uh, could you, uh, I mean, I mean, have you, do you have a lot of experience with out-of-body experiences? Have you tried that yet? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've tried a couple. Like, um, there's some really great resources on YouTube, how to do, um, like, self-guided, um, like, OBEs and everything. We, we call them OBEs just because it's, like, it's simpler, but, or OBEs. I like to call, like to call them OBEs a lot. Yeah. OBEs. But, uh, yeah, OBEs, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do. There's. You can pay uh, some like meditation places and some like spas have these light machines that cost like thousands of dollars that you can go and they shine light in your face in a certain pattern that that's supposed to trigger OB- OBEs. But oh, that's awesome! Um, they're like and you can't buy them. They're like they're literally. I think the the cheapest one is six grand, oh and the most God. expensive one is twenty five thousand dollars. And and you know that those things are just like. Probably uh, just a little computer chip and then some lights, some LEDs. So you, you can probably make one for like what, fifteen bucks? Yeah, and there's like, it, I I I really hope that it happens, but I hope someday somebody just like backwards engineers one because they they work pretty well. Like they're just they're just there to simulate. Like it triggers different synapses in your brains. The light patterns do. That's what you're really paying for is the actual light pattern programs that that do it but it's just uh, leds is all it is so it's like binaural beats or something like that pretty much yeah and like binaural beats are another good way to do it too as long as you like go into it with intent of what you're doing and really it's they're really weird whenever you do have one because you're you're like if you think about it the way that you really trigger one is is that you you put yourself in a, in a meditative state and then you start thinking about uh what the outside of your body would feel like or like and then you try to imagine seeing yourself sitting there and the moment that you're able to picture yourself actually sitting and you're outside of your body looking at yourself that's whenever you're technically in an obe because your brain at that moment thinks it's outside of your body you and then that your consciousness is what makes you who you are so Mm -hmm. the moment that your consciousness 
travels outside of your body and you're able to see yourself. That's, te- I mean, technically an out of body experience. Yeah. I was doing some research and, uh, I noticed that uh, medicalnewstoday.com said uh, reports that according to surveys, around 10% of the population have experienced an OBE. And that actually surprised me quite a bit because, um, I mean, that's a lot of people. One in 10 people have experienced an out-of-body experience. Yeah, and they're they're pretty easy to trigger as long as you're able to, like, actually picture things vividly in your brain because, like, Mm -hmm. that's really all it is is just tricking your brain into thinking that you have left your body, so – yeah, I've I've had those kinds of experiences whenever I was like, when I was a kid, and um, one time I woke, well, not one time, but like, often, I woke up and I, basically went about my business, um, getting ready for school, and then woke up, and I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> this sucks because I just spent the past twenty minutes like out of my body, going through the motions of getting ready. Yeah. It's that, weird. And yeah. It's really strange. But, What's uh, about, uh, what about, uh, what about Sarah? Have you ever had one at all? Would you like, would you like to talk as well? Are you there? I don't have a mic. Oh, okay. Yeah, You're you do. Really we can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, you can through the phone. Yeah, yeah we yeah, can hear you just yeah. fine. It probably won't record though. No, no it's, oh, yeah, it's it recording. Won't. Yeah. Will it? Yeah. yeah. I don't really have anything to say though. I've okay. had some, I've had some, experiences but i don't think they're quite out of body experiences like would you want to elaborate on it a little bit um i don't know man because i might out myself as potentially schizophrenic (laughs) (laughs) you and everybody else in the magic community (laughs) right yeah it's that's a pretty i mean there is a fine line there i would say but it, it all depends like Again, it's 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 just it's basically just really vividly picturing yourself outside of your body. So yeah, yeah. I did a lot of um, like group shamanic journey work and had some interesting experiences there as far as like shared entities and things like that. Um, and then I've also had a history of like precognitive dreams and interactions with entities that. Well, I've had dreams that actually seemed like I was in another place. They weren't like normal dreams, first of all. And then I've had other experiences where interaction with entities happened and my surroundings were familiar, but it was like I was somewhere else, even yeah. though I could look around and see my house around me. You know what I mean? That's cool. Like, so it's like, it's kind of like a mixture of an elsewhere, but also in your current, like, environment, area, like your current space. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, these out-of-body experiences aren't that uh, – they're not that uncommon. I kind of touched on that earlier. Like one out of ten people have, have had an out-of-body experience so much that hospitals have started taking part in the studies. <clears throat> A study in 2014 carried out in 15 U.S., U.K., and Australian hospitals uh, placed – no, no, that's Austrian hospitals – placed 50 to 100 shelves in each hospital in areas where cardiac resuscitation was likely to take place. And the idea is that those images and items are placed on those shelves and people having an OBE should be able to recall what's up there since they claim to see from above. Oh, have you heard about oh, that? So this is like NDEs. Yeah. Like near death experiences. Yeah. Like near death yeah. experiences. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of them, Pam Reynolds, she was a brain surgery patient. She had a, a highly invasive operation to remove a, a tumor. And she was able to recall details about the surgery that happened during a time when she was clinically dead. Huh. That's interesting. Cause like that, I mean, that, that could make sense as well, because there's, there's, if I'm not mistaken, there's theories that the consciousness is not, it's not technically like your brain. Right. So like your consciousness can, can leave your, I mean, it'll leave your body and then you can actually see from the outside as well. So yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of weird to me though, because if your consciousness can exist outside of your body. That means your consciousness doesn't originate from your body. No. And that's the thing. And it's like, and a lot of, a lot of people like, I mean, it's all, it's all like hypotheses, right? It's not like, it's like, it can't be really proven that any of this is true. It's just all people, people thinking about it. But at the same time, and there's like, you have to realize like what makes us who we are as people is, is it's not necessarily like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's the way we think and it's the way that we are. And like, at the same time, like it's, it's I, your brain, 
I guess to a point would control your consciousness, but mm-hmm. at the same time, is that consciousness able to travel outside of your body, which I believe it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I really think it can, is especially if you would picture it happening. Yeah. I mean, technically at that point, you're outside of your body if you're picturing it in your in your in your mind's eye. Yeah. So, you know, it's really weird. Uh, I read about a study in 1955 by a neurosurgeon named Wilder Penfield. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so Wilder Penfield was a neurosurgeon. He electrically stimulated the brains of people with epilepsy. And on one occasion, he stimulated a patient's right temporal lobe, and the patient exclaimed, like, oh, my God, I'm leaving my body. So, like, he made a note of this, and then later on, they started doing um, more studies into the temporal lobes in in that part of the brain uh, because it can cause that feeling of leaving your body or falling. And that sort of study is actually what led to the development of something that you told me about originally, the God helmet. Yeah. Yeah. The God helmet's great. I, I, I really want one so bad. Yeah. I want to get one. It might like, I look over and my wife, Chelsea is shaking her head at me. <laughs> She's weird, like fry my brain. I mean, in reality, it's, all this is magnetic waves and yeah. it's their program. They're programmed certain ways that send magnetic signals into your brain. And they're theoretically not harmful, but <laughs> theoretically, <laughs> that's what they say about 5g. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the same time, there's not really like studies done specifically on the patterns that they emit and to see if there's any long-term effects because there's not somebody, I mean, there, there is like a cut, like, uh, I mean, Dana Newkirk from like, hellier mm-hmm. and like the paranormal museum the traveling paranormal museum she's used it a ton i think like in hellier i think she says she's used it like 50 or 30 times i oh want to say God. yeah that's that's Quite a bit well, and she's like she's i mean for all i could tell she's fine i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> i guess we'd have to ask you know what i mean yeah well you know in 2002 uh there were swiss neuroscientists that had started dealing, they, they started kind of honing in on that part of the brain. And uh, there's a section of the brain called the temporoparietal junction. And so they started sending currents through the temporoparietal parietal junction. And uh, they said sensations were reported like falling from a great height. And as the current increased, the subject said they could see themselves from above. One scientist involved in the experiments believes OBEs are related to a failure to integrate multisensory information from one's own body at the temporoparietal junction. So the part of the brain that the, um, that the God helmet kind of deals with is that same part of the brain where consciousness and memory kind of meet. It's like the physiological point. And uh, so it, it causes a lot of really strange effects. Uh, about the reality of the person experiencing it's pretty interesting yeah and that that would make sense because like the the god helmet was it had two purposes from what i understand it had one to simulate um a spiritual like a uh, religious experience like what people have like when they like say that they they claim that they like see an entity or like a god mm-hmm. or like a spiritual being and it also is there to increase your latent psychic abilities as well mm-hmm. so you could that makes a lot of sense that it would that could i mean that that could be what's going on as well yeah I, I um actually me and sarah have a friend who has this thing where they have a lot of deja vus yeah and like there's this thing in their brain sarah you know what i'm talking about uh my headphones were failing for a second what are you, what are you saying oh I, I was mentioning that we we know somebody whose brain malfunctions in a specific way that makes it so they have deja vus quite a bit remember timmy oh timmy miano it's actually a mild seizure disorder i thought he said yeah and so that they're like that would make sense about the like epilepsy grand mal seizures they're just like very you almost can't tell he's having it kind of seizures yeah and he gets this like strange feeling of everything is is deja vu almost because he's experiencing it twice yeah okay so he told me because i was telling him that i have like 
precognitive experiences. And he insisted that this was the problem that I had because he says he experiences them as precognitive experiences. And I'm like, dude, do you know about linear time? Because like, I don't know about that explanation. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's deja vu is like, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of like hypotheses about that to where it's just like, your brain is not able to catch up to like the current situation. Mm -hmm. So what, what is happening is, is you're seeing like your, your visual sense is seeing what's going on and then it gets stored in a part of your brain. And then the other part of the brain that realizes that it is currently seeing that lags behind. And so it then feel- once it catches up, it catches up <laughs> to that, that like memory that, that you've already seen. And so it's re- like, re- you reverse the perception of it. Right. It's really weird. But there's also, I have theories about it too, to where it could be like, I mean, what if it's like a past life thing? Mm-hmm. You, know, you never yeah. know. It could be a lot of different things. The stuff yeah. that I've experienced has been, um, it's not like deja vu. It's like literal precognitive dreams. Yeah. Like trigger points happen. And then historically always within 72 hours, whatever I dreamt about came to pass. Yeah, I, that's yeah. that's interesting too. Cause that that could be a lot of stuff. That could be like, depending on the severity of like what you interact with in your dream of what comes to happen, it could be just that your brain mm-hmm. is also affecting our reality and making that happen. Because there's also a lot of things about energy work from the brain that like I mean, I say this a lot, but like the brain can create hauntings and stuff, and it can mm-hmm. create like. Uh, cryptid sightings and, and like mm-hmm. among a lot of people and it can i mean effectively make tulpas and everything too so yeah mm-hmm. i think knows? i personally just and i can't and i can't prove any of this it's just my personal ideas from yeah. my personal experiences but i think a combination of you know the universe is mental and time works in both directions for sure and it to me that's that's a simple enough explanation that works for my paradigm <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean it makes it makes sense to me so hey i wanted to take a second to uh talk about um uh, to take kind of a commercial <laughs> break here and talk about the discord server um the opco discord server if you guys are out there listening to this podcast uh from your from your daily life uh, we've got Reddit crawlers that sh- that talk about all kinds of different stories from all around the internet. We've got case files where you can store your information as you develop it about different uh, paranormal activities and, and different um, different urban legends, things like that. We also have group chats where you can discuss you know various topics. I mean, it's basically just like open chats. Uh, and open lines. We also have free tarot readings, free rune readings, horoscopes, and more using cutting-edge robotic technology made possible by the Helios bot. Uh, so yeah. I just wanted to talk about that for a second. And Helios will tell you if, if, you're, if you'll ever get down with the sickness or not. Wait, what? <laughs> didn't. I think at one point I, you, we came in and you had asked it if, if you would ever get down with the sickness or something <laughs> like that. Let me see if I can if I can find it. It was something funny that you asked it. Oh, and it did a reading on you. Where is that? Oh yeah, yeah. On a <laughs> on, on the twenty second of February. What's it say? It says, "Will I ever get down with the sickness?" <laughs> and then, it, it, like, it was a rune reading. <laughs> That's it awesome. was a rune spread that you had to do but it, it just talks about like uh it talks about the runes that you got it's like right in there it's really funny man i need to get down with the sickness you know what's up with the, think, this coronavirus i need to start hoarding toilet paper apparently yeah apparently toilet paper and water uh are your, the two things that you need was it your wife who shared that video earlier about the toilet paper and then like some <laughs> ladies getting in, in a england fight? yeah they were getting in yeah, a fight two on one just, about hoarding a whole basket of toilet paper just punching each other yeah it's it's weird like i don't like i don't i don't understand it i guess like i guess like taking a segue from the paranormal but i guess cleaning your butt will keep you safe i'm not sure (laughs) it's true but it depends on how you do it um yeah yes that's funny though man we were talking about obes have you ever heard about hard solipsism no 
Okay. Well, out-of-body experiences seem to indicate that consciousness isn't necessarily a product of the body. I kind of segued out of that uh, earlier just a little bit, but I think this potentially has other connotations like the possibility of hard solipsism or the idea that we may be a brain in a vat on a higher dimension and that we just perceive the universe like an inward projection of consciousness in a closed system. Uh, In this case, that consciousness... uh, and OBEs might briefly detach from the body in which it defines itself. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's a. So, like, I mean, that's interesting. So, like, imagine you're a brain in a vat in another universe, and, um, you know, you're a brand new brain. You've never even zero mileage on that brain, and somebody flips the switch on. Um, Gnosticism actually talks about emanationism which is the idea that up at the top there is like the monad, which is like a computer that's never been turned on, if you want to look at it like that. And when you turn it on, it has this internal program that automatically, it's like an AI, and it um, forms different, really, it's kind of weird. Have you read the Apocryphon of John? No. Okay, look up the Apocryphon of John. I'll send you a link. It's, It's one of the most interesting um interesting gnostic texts out of the dead sea scrolls and <laughs> and it talks about how there's like at the very upper level of god and reality there's this thing that you can't even explain <laughs> like you can't describe it it's beyond everything it's the the union of all opposites and it's called the monad and it's the one thing and then the uh, the reflection of that in itself, like this quantum state change, is um, is this other form, and they interact with each other, and they they form all of these kind of like harmonic resonances until they get down to our base reality, and it, it kind of explains the way that reality works. And I think it's amazing because this is like two thousand years ago, people were talking about this stuff. And it talks about like the nature of reality and our place in it. It's it's kind of amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know about that at all. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I would I would recommend that to pretty much anybody. Um, yeah, sim- wanting send me to a get link into to that. And definitely, like drop that drop that in the Discord too. So it, like if anybody that wants to kind of look it up too can as well. It's amazing because it's actually it's from a book that's was discovered uh, in a cave, and it's older than many of the other uh, books of the Bible. So it's like very, very old and very like close to the source text. And it all came from like Neoplatonism. It's the most amazing thing. So like Pythagoras, have you ever like studied Pythagoras at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's my, he's my homeboy. Okay. So Pythagoras, (laughs) the teachings of Pythagoras actually like evolved into this Gnosticism gnosticism stuff which is like the middle eastern version of uh neoplatonism it's 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 pretty sweet man especially like philosophically but um so anyways i was looking (laughs) i was looking for the out of body experience stuff on wikipedia uh, a few days ago and so there's a wikipedia entry right for an out of body experience that explains it as an experience in which a person experiences the world from a location outside their physical body And these can be induced in a variety of ways, including, but not limited to, sensory deprivation, near-death experiences, dissociative and psychedelic drugs, dehydration, sleep disorders, dreaming, and electrical stimulation of the brain. So all of those different things are um, situations where out-of-body experiences have happened. And it's weird that so many pathways have been able to cause the same sorts of effects in the brain. Yeah. There's a there's a really good there's a really good um self meditation that's like probably thirty minutes long on YouTube that I like and um I'll post it in the Discord as well. But it essentially walks you through how to induce an OBE and it works pretty well. And I think the more you do it, the more you could get practice at it to where it's more vivid and like I know the first time I did it, I didn't I didn't feel like I was still in my apartment. I, I honestly mm. didn't feel like I was actually here. Wow. Um, it takes you through, it starts off, you know, at, 
it, it starts you off with you're in your, you know, your, you visualize your energy that you, inside your body starting to mm. reach out past its physical limits of your body. And you see a, uh, a window in front of you and you go towards that window. Um, and then as you enter that window, you leave your physical body behind. And then oh, you wow. look back and you can see your physical body in that window while you're continuing to walk through it and go into a room where you see other astral bodies there. Um, astral bodies, I could, I've got a big long thing I could talk about that, but that's mm. like there are doubles essentially that are in the astral plane or the astral world where um, there, there are other vehicles for you to use while you're there and do your business in the astral world. Dude, that reminds me of the Matrix. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. But the astral world is, I, I've got I've got a big I've got like a big long thing I can read about it too. But like, it's um, it's essentially just a world completely separate from physical form, and it's only where all consciousnesses could, could be at at once. Wow! If they were if they would choose to be there, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool stuff. But uh, yeah, that that meditation works really well as long as you're able to visualize things. If you can't. Mm-hmm. It, it it's pointless because you have to be able to visualize things and believe that you are actually visualizing it for it to work. Yeah, it's almost like self hypnosis. It sounds like. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that a little bit, and like hypnosis is just crazy too. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm actually kind of scared of hypnosis. But yeah, um, did you know that hip like going off a little bit tangent? But did you know hypnosis doesn't actually trigger past memories. But what it does is, is it can implant memories into your brain, or it can make you think of those false memories at once. Dude, like there's studies. We watched that, that episode of Hellier just like yeah. last night or the night before, where they do the uh, they do like the forced induction or yes. the forced um, abduction. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how I feel about it because there's a lot of people that say that like there's a lot of people that say that they can't unlock past memories or they can't do that. But then there's also people that say that it can. And it really, to be honest, I don't mm. think can be proven, but I, that's just my, my basic understanding of it well, as it is. Cause... Did you grow up in the church? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Okay. <laughs> did you yeah. ever have that experience as a kid where the, the preacher is, is doing his thing and then he comes over to you and he tries to, like, slay you in the spirit? Yeah. It, yeah, sadly. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think yeah. – I think I, Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of us have that have – that, um, um, you know, that experience. But like, I, I was one of those kids who could never fall out. Like I, I never did the thing. And, and I felt like at the time that I was like wrong, that there was something wrong with me that God didn't like me, you know, because yeah. I couldn't receive the thing that they were giving. And, um, you know, I think that that kind of has a lot to do with the same parts of us. Well, it's that whole thing with that. And this is like, that's all just strictly on how much you believe something. Yeah. It's hypnosis. Um, it is. It's, it's literally hypnosis. And like, if you believe in hypnosis, just how, if you believe in like the phenomena of paranormal activity, you will be able to be subjected to it. Mm-hmm. It opens your eyes to that world. If you're a non-believer, you will go your entire life, never seeing anything because your mm-hmm. brain will purposely try to force those things out. So if your belief is strong enough in those situations, you will speak in tongues. You will fall backwards whenever you're laid on hands in a church. You know, those things happen. It, I, the same thing with me either. I would never was able to, I, nothing happened whenever it happened to me. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Sarah? I mean, you faked um, it, right? <laughs> you I faked, tried. Faked it for everybody. You're like, oh. I you're tried like, to fake oh, it when I was out. a kid. I'll totally admit it. Tried. I yeah. totally, I gave it all I had, but ultimately, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> i think we yeah. all faked it and it's kind of weird we have a whole generation of people who are highly intelligent highly questioning and we're all the people who had to fake it in church and it's like i wonder if there's some kind of a connection you know <laughs> well you know there's the the whole pretending thing is just a matter of you're so isolated from everybody who's normal i think when you grow up in that kind of environment frequently yeah and, um, I mean, I got told that I was demon possessed on, on every week, <laughs> you God. know, growing up. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised you just, you I know, didn't you can yeah. to fall in line, yeah. but yeah, ultimately it doesn't, 
it, it wasn't, it was never a real feeling experience. And I was always questioning myself, Yeah, asking you know, the same thing. Why, why is everyone else having this experience that I'm not, mm-hmm. but then you why have, do I feel like I'm acting on the other side of things though. And this is really the point is there are people out there who are highly suggestible who can, mm-hmm. who respond really well to that kind of hypnosis. Yeah. Well, it's a really it's a really great way for churches to to weed out people who aren't going to serve them. Yeah, really, <laughs> very true. They can see that, you know what I mean. Like leadership sees that, and then they uh, promote accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Yeah, to think of like the capabilities of the human mind. It's just the more I the more I learn, like read into parapsychology and like psychology in general. It's it's completely completely bonkers. The computing power that we have in our own skulls mm-hmm. it's just astounding yeah it's kind of amazing you know like there is so much power within the human mind to be able to like induce through hypnosis some sort of out-of-body experience but you know like they're also like more often there are hardwired hard like hardware versions of out-of-body experiences that people can induce, and the government actually has studied this quite a bit. The Air Force studied pilots flying themselves into G-lock. Have you heard about G-lock before? Uh-uh. It's called gravity-induced loss of consciousness. Uh, there was actually a guy named James Winery. He was in charge of solving the problem so of uh, G-lock. So he put a thousand pilots in a giant centrifuge into G-lock, and as he was doing it, he noticed something like. As you go into G-Lock, your vision forms a tunnel like an old TV set. Do you remember the old TVs when you shut them off? Yeah. They have that like narrowing of the light. Uh, as he spun people toward G-Lock, the longer he spun them, people started ha- having out-of-body experiences. After they were out of their bodies, if he kept spinning them, it would turn into a near-death experience. And this is how the U.S. Air Force discovered out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences are related. That's crazy. That's uh, that's really wild. So, like, you know, like, we always hear these stories about Nazi Germany, like, uh, (laughs) testing human bodies to these weird extremes. But, like, we've been doing it just as long. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We could we could probably like one day go into a whole thing of like the weird, and probably I feel like I feel like in our because we're like I'm gonna be just completely out there. Like our group is pretty unashamedly left. Like we'll accept other people. In, oh yeah, but like we're we're all very left. Everybody in this group. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm definitely left. You've seen my Facebook posts. Yeah, yeah, and like me too. Like, and the thing is, I think. I think as a service to everyone that's in this group, we really need to do a deep dive into like the occult nature of um, Hitler's rise to power and like the actual. It's true. Absolutely. Uh, because it talks because, about Trump too, man, basically. Yeah. And it will, it will, especially like the Thule Society. Like I could go and mm-hmm. I can go and like, I've, I've been drunk and ranted about that to a lot of people before. Yeah. And like, that's the one thing that you really need to focus on it. And it's like, you can actually weed people out that are using that imagery. And it is the same as Nazism. So like, I think Mm. we should probably do an episode about that at some point. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I think that there's, you know, there, (laughs) the way that the, uh, the elite, if you want to call them that work is from extremes and they actually exist outside of the paradigm that they create for us. So Nazism is just one aspect of the extremes that they're willing to go to. So, so there's Nazism. There's also like, you know, it it all stems honestly from religious religiosity. So, (laughs) uh, and I mean, religiosity is in the way that the human mind reacts to religion. Yeah. And, um, the way that belief structure, exactly, exactly. And you were talking about the Thule society, and it, it's that same kind of concept where it's like the human mind wants to believe in something. It wants to have an explanation about the way that reality is. And um, people who are opportunistic and evil in nature, if you want to say evil is a nature people could possess, yeah. um, and there, there's debate about that, um, but uh, that that's one aspect, you know, that uh, 
that history has taken it and nazism it was pretty weird because it actually we don't really learn too much about that in the western world and it's really odd you know in europe they have laws against nazis and stuff like that we don't we don't really experience that over here there's a reason but that's something for like a political podcast but like (laughs) there's definitely a reason why and it's and it directly correlates to just indoctrination if you don't know the parallels between what one bad country did you can't see the parallels of what your country is currently doing right so that's the reason why those are always kept from us like the specifics Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's like i said that's something for I guess I like like <laughs> well we we'll definitely go over that like if we do an occult and Nazism episode which we definitely should you we um, definitely should do that that would be awesome yeah it it needs it needs to be done and especially in like leftist groups where people need to understand this because there are still occultists out there specifically in different societies like the Thule Society which was like the occult society in Germany that 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 Hitler joined. And then he actually came to power, and then they helped him get into the position he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They're all they're all they're all off of the teachings of like Madame Blavatsky, and so like you need to know their symbolism because mm-hmm. there's still people out there that are still part of that, and they are still as bad as they were back then. And you know what's there's crazy no- though, like I mm-hmm. believe that Blavatsky doesn't have a negative influence on people, but I do believe no. that like the seed of thought can breed something unexpected yeah i mean people start relating it to normal normal people and they start it's like the it's like the bible (laughs) yeah the bible oh my god take the teachings of the bible and add their own prejudices to it Mm -hmm. and then they bend it to that will so like the bible in itself if you take it face value as a book as a storybook and not a religious tome Mm -hmm. it's a very good storybook about weird stuff that happens in the middle east yeah, but if you then put it as a religious tome and a guideline for how you live your life, and start extrapolating the teachings of it and bending them to your own prejudices, then it becomes problematic. And that's the same thing with Madame Blavatsky. And like, although Madame Blavatsky is a little problematic, but I think she does at some point talk ill of like the Jewish community. But yeah, but you know what? Like that in itself is a real. Here's the deal about me and the Jewish question. Um, the, yeah. Okay. Um, there is a there's two different things. Okay. There's the Jewish people by heritage, which yeah. are you know like fucking like fuck you if you're one of those people, who, um, who hates people because of their race. You know yeah. what I mean? Like fuck you so fucking hard. But also, whenever and this is a very fine line to tread, whenever people start talking about ethnic supremacy that's where i draw very definitive lines yeah and so the book itself about the bible the book the bible (laughs) the whole point is it's about the jews are god's chosen people which is ethnic supremacy that is that's exactly everything i'm against so if you want to talk about the jewish people as an ethnic people Give them all of their rights. But if you want to use that and use the Bible as a thing to say that we should allow the killing of the Palestinians, like literally fuck you, you racist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so that's a very fine line to tread. So you have to know, like if people say bad things about the Jews, you have to know exactly what they're talking about because the Jews, (laughs) the whole situation is that they have tied – over, you know, and maybe of no fault of their own, have tied their race into their religion. And so you have to be very, very careful about which one that you decide to uh, listen to at any time. Because yeah. religion allows people to form hatred against other people. Race allows you to be victim due to your race. And so, like, you know, like... You can't call somebody an anti-Semite because they have legitimate concerns about racism. <laughs> like yeah. that that is almost like backwards. And so it's it's really weird but yeah, I mean Blavatsky, I you know, I I, I don't know. I mean when you, when it boils down to it, Madame Blavatsky was talking about Atlanteans and like the Phoenicians and like all these other alien races and really that's all it really is. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just like her it's just occultic tomes which 
the occult had problems like of course it had a lot of issues like it, crowley himself was earlier on in his life was pretty problematic uh-huh. and he appropriated a lot like i mean th- uh, th- uh thelma or thalemia or however you want to pronounce it mm-hmm. is a lot of it is based off of like egyptian like lore uh and like mm-hmm. in like uh mythology and so um I mean, the Golden Dawn, which was like the other like group that he was part of, they were also like they also appropriated that. And there's a lot of that in the occult. And we as leftist occultists or like occultists in general should we need to be able to understand like what is that like like what our place is in that. And we also need to just be we have, we have to tread carefully. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of like Mad Blavatsky. That's that's where that's why it's problematic. It's not problematic because it's overtly hateful. Yeah, it's just problematic because there was it, a lot of ignorance it, yeah, involved. It, a lot of people colonialized mm-hmm. belief structures and made them their own. Yeah, it's and- really tough. I mean, we even deal with a lot of that now with like things that seem silly, where you know, it, it almost even seems overboard. Where people will say like, "Well, you can't use the word smudge because that's a yeah. Native American concept," and it's like I'm not trying to run a Sundance and make money on it whoops i'm sorry i used the wrong word kind of thing yeah but at the same time it's like well that's a slippery slope where do we stop yeah mm-hmm. you and know I, what i mean <laughs> and i get it and i get it too and i'm not ever going to tell like i don't think i'd ever tell anyone to not be like just like don't be offended by that i'm just saying you gotta like be careful like you have to yeah, be like really exactly. really careful just and be you, considerate also, of like, your fellow yeah. man i think that that's really right. it, yeah. you know if someone says, "Hey, that kind of offends me," you'd be like, "Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I apologize." I think well, before like, intention won't do it again. Exactly, yeah. and <laughs> you know, honestly, I think that even closer to that is the idea of not, "I, I'm sorry, I won't do it again," but more like, "You, I would like to discuss that. Why does that make you feel this way? Like, how yeah. can I learn about why instead of just that? You know what I mean?" Well, there's a lot of belief in like like you said sarah with like smudging for instance mm-hmm. since it's like technically a native american term it's like there's a lot of belief in like the the whole like uh magic aspect of that to where since it's not from your culture it it does and this is not saying i believe in this i'm just saying this is the reason behind a lot of people say this is because it doesn't work if you do it because you're not from that actual background it's not necessarily like that people but then that's then that's also goes along with belief. Like if you believe in something enough, it, it theoretically could work. So like it's it's kind of like I guess people just don't think it'll, it'll work for you since you're not from that background, or like for mm-hmm. me since I'm not from that background. If that makes I, sense. I get that, and I I've yeah. heard and have looked into that quite a bit, and the the correspondence to it is similar to well, when you eat foods that are from an area where your ancestors live, like your body processes them better than right. foreign foods and things like that. And I, and I get that. Um, a lot of cultures have used smoke cleansing. Yeah. Smoke, smoke, cleansing, <laughs> smoke cleansing has, is like, has been a thing even in paganistic, like in paganistic beliefs, like you like, it's all about the herbs too. Like what you use, like a lot of like, I like to use, like, I'm going to start using mugwort where I do it. Cause mm-hmm. I like mugwort to me is more ethically obtainable than like a lot of like other herbs are because it's like, it's hard to find like ethically obtained like sage now sometimes because like mm-hmm. a lot of companies are, a lot of people are just growing their own garden sage. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. That's like yeah. amazing. That's hey, super amazing. One thing, one thing that me and Sarah were actually, you know, like me as Sarah and I have had a lot of these thoughts. Uh, we were talking about <laughs> Palo Santo a while back. And yeah. uh, apparently this whole thing that Palo Santos or whatever it's called is is like uh, rare and, you know, ethnically not really viable. Like this whole thing is fake. Yeah, I've re- I was reading about that, too. And like, I you know, it's it's hard because like, here's the thing. Right? I heard I heard that a lot of those people from those indigenous cultures actually make a whole lot of money off of that wood and the they wood do. actually grows back pretty quickly in relation to how they harvest it yeah most of it is ethically harvested from parts of the tree that have already you know fallen or whatever anyway and there's plenty and like that's the whole thing too is like it's hard for me like a lot of the times i like i i like having these discussions 
and I, I think it's important in the occult world, especially in the magic practitioner world to have these, but at the same time, it's, it, I feel like me being a white male and these things, it's like hard for me to like understand what other somebody's feelings from these like cultures are towards mm -hmm. this. Right. Yeah. So I, I can of course give my outward view on it. Right. But like at the same time, I, it's just it's just something you have to be like super careful about. Because... I think for sure, it's think... easy to say. Well, mm -hmm. the the area thrives on that economy, but it's yeah. like, is that really what they want? Are they being oppressed in some other way? Like, there's a thousand conversations. Yeah, do they want that, that economy? Yeah. yeah, you know, are they selling their sister to be able to feed their family? <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's all good. It's still good conversation, and I think it needs to be had because. I think us as magical people and people into the into the occult need to be as accepting and as open because for years and years and years this this world was not very open and accepting mm -hmm. especially in the western world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we can blame the, like we and I'm sorry fucking Catholics but like we can blame no, the Catholic, Catholic Church for that directly. You can you can you can literally shit on them all you want to. I don't care cuz yeah. like <laughs> it's it's the I'm yeah, that's that's like we we'll have to like like we're gonna have to like we got a lot of topics. I'm just thinking of topics. That we're like, <laughs> we like we do the, have a like lot. Catholicism in the occult world and like the persecution of like oh my god you know, yes paganist paganistic tribes and stuff and like it's funny. They, yeah. Do you know about the okay. Catholic Navajo people? Wait, what? Uh, kind of yes. I have a friend who's Navajo who told me about these people and they're they're like a priest went there to their wherever they lived yes. and tried, tried to convert them and he ended up going native, but now yes. they're like a segment of the Navajo tribe. Oh, wow. Stole a bunch of Catholic stuff. Yes. And used it in there. Yes. Like, it's really yeah. a cool history. <laughs> it's so cool. I, I, I remember reading about that like a while back. That's so awesome. Like it's really, it's really interesting. But yeah, no, I, I mean, we, I think, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good year for, discovery for everyone that's part of this group um i only my only wish is that you guys uh that we all live closer to you so you can also enjoy the stuff that we're doing down here in, okay. in springfield here's the deal okay i'm gonna need you and chelsea <laughs> i'm gonna need you and chelsea to move up here to cincinnati because okay first off you know that hellier took place in cincinnati yeah, it like it. Well, yeah, part of it did. I've it got a fairly like decent, nice car, and we can like yeah. get inside of it and drive down to Hellier on a day drive. Do you know that Cincinnati is considered like the most haunted city in the country? Yeah, it's because yeah. Of that yeah. damn bridge over the <laughs> Ohio River. No, it's because it's built on all kinds of native burial grounds. Actually, you're probably <laughs> right on that. No, yeah. it really is. It's literally built on top of them. Sarah, yeah, tell the but... story of how we went to the uh, the Serpent Mound. What 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 about the story? We drove there. <laughs> we drove there. We, okay, so we we decided to go to Serpent Mound, which is like where is it? Adams County somewhere. It's in Peebles, Peebles, Ohio. Peebles, Ohio. We, we used to have a <laughs> public a pool, but we filled it. it. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um. So there's this Native American mound. There's a lot of Native American mound building earthworks, earthworks here. Mm -hmm. We actually have a map. I'll show it to you. We have this giant map of all the uh, spooky things, alien encounters, cryptids, and um, ancient earthworks map on my wall. But so, um, uh, so we went out to Snake Mound. What what is that place called? Serpent Mound. So Serpent Mound. And I don't know. It's it's just this spooky thing. <laughs> so we go out there <laughs> to Peebles. And on the way, we run across this place called um, the Rock Shop. Yes. And the guy who runs it actually had a Smithsonian display um, that he dug up in the area of, what were they, like trilobites or something? Yeah, they had trilobites. And it was he was the one who dug them all. He was the I don't know what you call that guy. Archaeologist or something. For trilobites? Something like that. I don't know about all that. Ge fossil well, anyway, Genealogist. Fossil digger, I don't yeah. know. Fossil guy. So Oh hey, hold on a second. Time Sarah, for the dog's medicine. Okay, there you go. You're gonna <laughs> Sorry. we we didn't actually hear a single word of that. Yeah, go ahead and repeat it. 
Oh, the trilobite guy? Yeah. So, yeah, so we went in there, and he had his Smithsonian display of his trilobites and all this other cool shit, and then he went on this tirade about how um, Serpent Mound was owned by Harvard and some other organization, and then... Like, the state got involved, and now they're charging a bunch of money to visit it. Like, people have to pay, like, $8 a carload of people what? to go That's... see it. And, and it was never part of the agreement because the university and this mm. other organization made them promise that they would never charge money mm. to the public to come see this place. And there's, like, this huge crisis over it. Well, anyway, all that to say, they have, like, uh, solstice events there and, like, all kinds of cool, like, pagan shit. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, it's just like you can go up on this huge ladder though and look down and see this whole huge serpent eating an egg and it's an earthworks and they claim that they don't know why it's there or what it was for, but people have a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And that like like with like with a lot of um with a lot of like earthworks and like uh like the Nazca lines and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. all of these different things, I have like so many mixed feelings on those and it's <laughs> it's like it's like for one like let's let's go ahead and just address the the elephant that i like to talk about and it's like the ancient <laughs> the, the ancient aliens like uh history channel thing right the oh, documentary yeah, and how racist they are by, yeah, by, by, so, by existence yeah it's like if, yeah. if white people couldn't do it if then who did it yeah, yeah. And it's, that's <laughs> it been the aliens that's the problem with like a lot of those old theories is like it's so like but like at the same time it's like it's it it, it would be almost borderline disingenuous to say that these ancient uh, civilizations weren't visited by something you know like Absolutely. but I, now now do i think that like they gave them the technology to do all these things no probably not they may have like inspired them to make these things uh like especially like the nazca lines like i've i think that those were uh, planned out accordingly i think they they were they were smart enough to be able to know what things would look like from over overhead and they just mm-hmm. plan them out but i think they did it to communicate with something i don't think mm-hmm. that i don't think something carved it with a giant fucking laser from like a, a ufo that's shaped like a cigar in the sky or some, some bullshit but like i think i think it was made made by men but i think the purpose of it was to communicate uh-huh. in my so- opinion let me ask this. You just yes. triggered some ideas of things that I have actually uh, thought about previously. And that is, and I think that we had talked in the discord server before about this and briefly. And it's, um, there was, a, an author, a researcher, I can't remember his name, but Terrence McKenna talked about him a lot where he would talk about how UFO phenomenon are related to cultural shifts. Yes. And it makes me wonder, like, we might experience them, let's say, in periods of cultural stress, for example. And it's like, okay, well, historically speaking, like, life's pretty easy for us <laughs> right yeah. now, comparatively, right? And so if you had cultural shifts um, related to stress in tribal cultures and things like that, like, those it, those pa- those patterns, those um, cycles pattern through much faster than they do for us. Right. You know, even just like, well, it's winter now. Are we going to starve this year? You know what I mean? For sure. It's wonder, like, did they just have those types of experiences more often because their life experience was so different than ours. And there's, there's some theories that go along in like, I, for like full blown, I believe that there are entities that visit us. Okay. But I also believe in the power of the human mind. Mm-hmm. So in the parapsychological world, there are hypotheses that these periods of high strangeness happen um, where, like I said, cryptids, UFOs, uh, ghosts, things like that all coincide at the same time. And a lot of times it is based off of human emotion and it, it goes back to like tulpas or things like that where we will these experiences into existence. Um <laughs> Like let's, types of thought forms basically right right yeah. and and so like that would make sense where it's like a lot of people worrying about something and they're hoping for something better and like a lot of things happen and then all of a sudden something gets willed into existence or something comes from 
somewhere else attracted to all of that like energy from all these people and it 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 is there to observe now is it something that's directly created from our own brains or is it uh like a thought that we're sharing with everyone around us that is also worried about those that same thing at the same time uh-huh. i have no idea yeah but there are theories that that's one thing that could happen is where one person sees it and then it starts getting everyone else like, oh my gosh, I saw it too. Like it, it plants an idea in their head, but that also, that still makes that experience real because all those people yeah. believe that they saw that thing. But what if reality as a whole is just that experience over and over and over again until it's all shared? Yeah, I think, it's a, it's, I think it's this a is a good time to ask. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen or experienced paranormal activity, out-of-body experiences, UFOs, Sasquatch, goblins, or otherwise? We want to hear your stories on the Opco <laughs> Discord server. You can share your story with our group of dedicated paranormal researchers and with the world. There's more to the universe than is what's seen with the naked eye. The Opossum Paranormal Discord server is here to document the highly strange and bizarre. Join the server by clicking the link in the comments. Your account could appear here on the Opco Paranormal podcast. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice Ooh, little, uh, nice little read. Fancy. That's I a know. Nice read. It, it's almost like I want this to be successful. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I definitely do. I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm tired of tired of not <laughs> exactly going on. It's, yeah, it's, no, I, it's like you, okay. Do you ever feel the uh, the need, the urge, the uh, the humanity tugging at you to uh, just find other people who not not an echo chamber, not people who believe exactly the same as you do, but those people who ask the same questions that you do. Yeah, for sure, and it, operate uh, on the same foundations of of inquiry. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's why I made this. I like, I wanted this, I wanted this group to be, um, both a thought, a think tank, but also a academic research and analysis of like genuine phenomena, like experiences. Like I, I personally, I, I try my best to go on Reddit and look up like stuff in the paranormal subreddits and like read through them. I get, I get kind of lacking every once in a while, you know, depression dictates sometimes i don't feel like doing that oh yeah for me for Mm -hmm. me too and and that's exactly why i decided like in the 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 opco discord server like i I set up reddit crawlers just because like i know i'm not going to want to go search that information out if it was brought to me sometimes on my bad days i would still be able to interact with that yeah it's it's like the the server's so great like you set up really well to where like it will just populate things throughout the day that are in there. And it'll, it'll like, you know, I get notifications on my phone when a new story goes through and like, I'm able to read it at my leisure and everything. So it's, it's really good. Like, I think everybody should, should at least join or at least get discord so they can start taking advantage of like all of these different, all of these different, you know, things. Cause it's like, not only is it just like, it's not even like websites talking about it or like a journalist. It's like actual people from Reddit, talking about their experiences mm-hmm. and it's, it's just amazing like the parent all all the paranormal subreddits are great like you know like sasquatch or like bigfoot and yeah oh yeah it's they're all they're all amazing and it's always i mean <laughs> you're gonna get like stories on there they're like uh i don't know an alien, a green man came down from uh like a tree and then sexed my butt or something but like you're gonna <laughs> get like you're gonna get stuff like that all the time but at the same time uh it's uh there's also some really credible stories on there. I've read as well. So, I read a story there on Reddit today about a man who lost his family due to some unnecessary circumstances. Oh no! This is paranormal. It's not appropriate for this. I know she she knows what it's all about. Seth, I'll tell you about it later. Okay, that sounds fine with me. But the the story's not paranormal. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> It might have been for the dog. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, goodness. Well, hey, <laughs> you know, the next subject I was going to bring up is is the God Helmet itself. It was made famous by Dr. Meisel, Meisel, Michael A. Persinger. It elicits a wide variety and range of experience, such as visions, out-of-body experiences, and visions of God specifically. 
the whole helmet itself is actually a headband uh, fit with these little um, electromagnetic stimulate resonators. I don't know what you even call them, but they use magnetic signals to gently stimulate the brain into uh, having these kinds of experiences. And how many how many times did the the lady from Hellier uh, have these experiences? She said like fifty four or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like in, I can't remember the exact number that Dana says that she's used it, but in the like, in the Hellier documentary, I want to say, I feel like it's like a big number, like 50, but I want to say it's like like 30. But she also talks about like what it feels like afterwards. And a lot of the experiences happen not in the moment when you're using the helmet, but they also happen, they happen later on in the, in like the week following the use of it. So. Oh, wow. So it's like it. it helps you it's tie like a together yeah resonance it it mm-hmm. helps you tie together things that you normally wouldn't tie together yeah and and persinger i don't know if i linked it in the discord last time but he has a whole he he gives like he gives like lectures but there's a lecture on there about um about his like uh the magnetic field around the earth tying human thought together and transmitting thought and and potentially uh, making it to where, like, if there was a if there was a device that was able to tap into that, it could amplify that, and we could li- theoretically, uh, well, I guess have no more, um, or hypothetically, you could have no more uh, secrets, and that's actually the title of it is "No More Secrets." Oh wow, that's and it's cool. a it's a it's a thing that he has like it's a whole lecture on that. It's it it has naysayers like there's there was a whole Reddit thread talking about like by actual like physicists and like energy um energy like i don't know like people that study like the actual movement and energy they talk about it and how it's like completely fake and like it couldn't actually happen but like i don't know parapsychology is just yeah. cool to think about so, like, so it's like so at this point in your life as we approach well we've passed the one hour mark seth what would you say about your thoughts on the uh out-of-body experiences what what would you uh say that that probably within your experience what would you say that out-of-body experiences most likely are i think realistically and this is just the ones that i've experienced i i want to say that they are your brain your brain is 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 essentially vividly painting a picture for you and it is all based specifically, and this is the ones that you induce yourself. Yeah. Your brain, your if if you have the capability of actually envisioning in your mind's eye vivid pictures of things, your brain is going to translate that as being outside of your body. Yeah. Um, because to you at that time, if you're if you're picturing those things, if you're able to see yourself, and you have a very good awareness of what you look like. And you're able to stand outside of your body in your mind, um, and see yourself. Then that's that that technically, in in my opinion, is a out of body experience. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the imagining of objects that you are not seeing at the time with your own eyes, but with your with your mind instead. And then at that same time, you have to be able to to like walk outside of places and see other things and like that goes into like remote viewing and mm-hmm. all these other like theories but i i want to i it's 100 a real thing in my opinion yeah um, and, and i could totally feel that too like yeah. i feel like it's a real experience but the experience itself is not necessarily real yeah so so it it might be just something that uh it's a part of humanity it's a part of who we are as people but uh it may not be something that is a a solid line real experience as in materialism strict materialism right. it might not be a thing but as far as people go it might be a social construct yeah it's like i think it's i think it's a consciousness thing i think it does yeah. I, I don't think it's a physical aspect at all. I think it is purely imagining imagining you being outside of your body and tricking your own brain into thinking that it is outside of itself. All right. Well, and with that, I want to say 
uh, adieu and thank you guys for watching and listening. This is the Opco Paranormal Podcast. Again, go ahead and link uh, yourself to the amazing uh, Discord server where we can share case files and uh, become more knowledgeable in our estate and our, uh, I don't know, our reality and our relationship to our own reality. Thank you so much, Seth, for listening in and being a part of this podcast and uh, creating the whole fucking group, to be honest. And Sarah, thank you so much for joining in as well. This is the Opco Podcast. I'll, I'll see you guys, what, in the next week or so? We'll, we'll do this thing next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do it in another episode. I'll, I'll come up with another thing, another topic, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. All right. Maybe uh, maybe you could tell Chelsea to download this stuff, and, and she could be a part of this stuff too. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I, I'd like to get at least a couple of a couple of people talking about it at least once a week. Yeah, the more the merrier. If you're a part of the Opco podcast, you can actually join in each Saturday evening. Uh, in this discussion, we can talk about the nature of reality and our place in it and uh, what is reasonable for us to be able to uh, participate in this whole thing. This is amazing. This is the Opco Podcast. And also, we're going to talk about the freaky, weird stuff that uh, is kind of hard to explain itself, too. For sure. All right. I'll see you guys later. All right. Bye. Take care, everybody.